the spirit of adoption through which we cry, Abba, Father. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and we, when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone in debt to us and do not subject us to the final test. And he said to them, suppose one of your, you has a friend to whom he goes at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. For a friend of mine has arrived at my house from a journey, and I have nothing to offer him. And he says in reply from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children and I are already in bed. I cannot get up to give you anything. I tell you, if he does not get up to give the visitor the loaves because of their friendship, he will get up to give him whatever he needs because of his persistence. And I tell you, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For anyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. What father among you would hand his son a snake when he asks for a fish, or hand him a scorpion when he asks for an egg. If you then, who are wicked, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of the Lord. So I was praying this week, and I kept coming back to this one verse in the first letter of Peter, chapter 3. But set Christ apart as Lord in your hearts, and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you about the hope that you possess. And thinking about this more, staying with it, uh, I realize what my mission is for the next several weeks here. It's to increase the Catholic IQ of this parish. And so I'm going to be uh, doing just a homiletic series on the sacraments in order to increase your Catholic IQ. And so if the bishop ever comes here and points at one of you and says, what's the sacrament of confession? You'll be able to answer correctly. So let's start with the sacraments and what they are. You know, they're sensible signs instituted by Christ to give us grace. 
And you might be asking, well, why do they have to be sensible? Uh, and the answer is because we have bodies. You know, as humans, we have a soul and a body. And we can't ignore the reality that we learn everything through our senses. You know, we have to, you look at children, how they learn. They put everything in their mouths. It's kind of crazy and gross sometimes, but this is how they experience their world. This is how they learn things. And we do the same thing. If you look at today's gospel, you know, how are you supposed to go to your neighbor if you can't see where your neighbor is, if you don't remember where your neighbor is? How can you knock on, some, on a door if you don't have knuckles to touch the door with? Uh, so it's all these very human ways. And the sacraments are there because Christ wants to sanctify every aspect of our human lives. It's why he became human in the first place. And if we look at the sacraments, we see that twofold reality, the physical and the spiritual. You can think of it like a mirror. You know, when you look at a mirror, you know, you see you, but you are not the mirror. The mirror is just a reflection of you. It tells you a reality uh, of what you appear as. And in the same way, the sacraments, uh, the physical part of the sacraments tells you a reality, a spiritual reality that's there. So look at baptism. Uh, the physical reality is water. You pour water on the person's head and you say the proper formula. Uh, when this happens, you know, their sins are washed away and they're marked for Christ, which the chrism is the marking and the water, like we use water in everyday life to wash our hands, to drink, it's, water is life uh, and water cleans and that's what it does in the sacrament. And that's what we have to look at the sacraments for um, as ways of as ways of entering into our lives in a different way or in, a, in an ordinary way, by ordinary means and in an extraordinary way. Uh, and there are seven sacraments. And why, do, why seven? If you look out throughout the Bible, uh, seven was thought to be a perfect number. You know, whenever you see a set of seven, it's something that's complete, it's a set. Uh, and the seven sacraments were given to us by Christ and they're in the scriptures, and you have to be on the lookout for them. It's something that the church has really expounded upon, but Christ never says, you know, look out, I'm going to be instituting the sacrament of penance right here, or, you know, oh, you know, baptism's coming up, pay attention. Uh, it, it's something that the church has really uh, sat with over time, and they've always been there. But to really get the right formula and to have it be as powerful as it should be, uh, the, the church has uh, developed it over time. The sacraments, they either give us or increase sanctifying grace. And what is the sanctifying grace? It's, it's life for the soul. It's making us like unto God. Uh, I kind of hate that this is the example that I could think of, but think of it like a cat. Uh, cats, you know, might be friendly to you, but until they come and rub up against you, get some of their hair on you and some of their scent, you're really not part of their family. You're still kind of a stranger to them. And until you're marked with... Uh, the seal of Christ at baptism, uh, you really aren't a part of God's family yet. But baptism starts your life of grace. All the other sacraments increase this grace that you have. Um, and sometimes they even restore grace if you lose it by mortal sin, like the sacrament of penance, for instance. Uh, and we can see that, you know, since baptism is the first grace that we receive, that everything, it, it all builds on it. But when we're looking at the sacraments, we need to look out for two things. They're philosophical terms, but don't be intimidated by them. The first is matter, and the second is form. The first is matter is just 
the physical reality of what it is. To anoint someone, you need to use oil. To baptize someone, you need water. Form are the words that the priest says and the way he goes about uh, doing the entire sacrament. And both of these things need to be there for the sacrament to happen. Uh, so for instance, you can go online and you see all these awful memes of people photoshopping things into priest's hands during the mass. Well, if, it's, if the priest isn't consecrating you know, unleavened bread from grain and grape wine, then uh, Jesus doesn't show up. The sacrament of Holy Eucharist does not happen. And these signs, they're powerful signs, but they're also powerful works of Christ. Uh, and we have this phrase, in persona Christi, that when the, the priest is performing the sacraments, that he's acting as the person of Christ. You know, when you go to confession, it is Christ who is in, uh, forgiving your sins. You know, at the altar, it is Christ who is offering himself again on the altar. But the priest is the instrument through all of that the instrument for all of God's grace to, to work in you and to touch you. And we also say that the sacraments, nothing can get in their way. If that matter and form are satisfied, that we have a guarantee from God that what he promised us they do, they actually accomplish. Um, so, you know, there are some people who say, you know, oh, I can uh, confess my sins directly to God and he forgives me. But, you know, okay, they get something right. Like, yes, God forgives sins. He is the only one who can forgive sins. But there's no guarantee that he does forgive your sins. In the sacrament of penance, if you go and confess all your sins, you know that you are forgiven. You have this assurance that God gives us that your sins have been wiped away. And especially when, you know, God gives you priests. Like, well, Father John's on vacation, but you have two priests here usually uh, who are more than willing to, you know, give you the sacraments and hear confessions. And even a bad priest, uh, a priest in a state of mortal sin, even that cannot get in the way of the sacraments for the faithful. So you can always be assured that when a sacrament is there, that it's really occurring. And so just to, just to name them, just to get them out there, uh, so we're all on the same page, you know, there's baptism, confirmation, and Holy Eucharist, three sacraments of initiation, and then you have penance and anointing of the sick. And then you have, as the last two, marriage and holy orders. And these last two change the state of life of the person. Some of them can only be done once, uh, like baptism. And, uh, well, holy orders, technically, each order you can only receive once. But we'll get to that for another week. Um, and this is why we have these RCIA classes to prepare you. Because if you want to receive the most grace that you can, if you want to be fully prepared, for God to enter into your life. Your minds have to be prepared. You have to be ready and open to receive everything that God wants to give you. Uh, you know, as I said, the RCA for baptism, confirmation, and, uh, and first communion, but also before marriage. You know, you have to do marriage prep. You have to understand you know, the dynamics of marriage and how God enters into your marriage. Also with being a priest, you need to study at least, at least six years to become a priest, because there's a lot of formation that has to take place as you get ready to enter into ministry. And sacraments, they're not to be confused with sacramentals. Sacramentals are, you know, signs uh, of God's holiness among us. Think like holy water or, you know, the oils of the saints um, or just blessings in general. These are sacramentals. Uh, they're not as powerful as sacraments. And, and just a little background on sacramentals, too. They, uh, 
you know, they rely on the holiness of the person who's getting them, they rely on the actual formula itself, and they rely on the holiness of the priest. So, if you had to choose between getting a blessing from me or Padre Pio, you would choose Padre Pio every time, hands down. And it's the same reason why, you know, exorcisms don't always work. If the, you know, the first of those conditions isn't met, the person is not willing to change and live a holier life, then, yeah, evil will not be expelled from their life, um, which is also a sacramental there. But these sacraments, they all feed us. They all give us what we need. So we should all pray for an increase of Christ's presence in our lives and that we may not waste any of the graces that the Holy Spirit wants to give us. And we should prepare for it, be ready for it, and be on the lookout for it at any chance that we can.